You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 416 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined by Seth Miller and Fosma Mood. Gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. <laughs> and good night. Uh, Wait. Yeah. What? <laughs> What's the Jim Carrey movie? Truman Show. We doing a bit of Truman Show bit there? A, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I feel like we need to reference like one movie every show. A little bit. Why? Wait, we have to, we're going to be that limited? Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what have we got on this thing? A Cuisinart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Um, so we got to follow up about Southwest. I think, uh, you know, after their, their meltdown. Uh, they're giving out twenty five thousand points per affected customer, and and it I, turns out you didn't actually have to really technically be affected by their meltdown to get them. How so, boys? Yeah, um, when they announced the sort of dates of their coverage or whatever, it included through January second for the recovery process. Okay, and I'm sure there were still some canceled flights on that day, but. Uh, that was also the day the FAA had the meltdown in Florida. Oh, they had their systems go offline in Miami. And so any planes headed to say Orlando, which happens to be major Southwest operation were delayed three hours in the afternoon. Oh, along with every other airline, including the plane that was supposed to take me back to New Hampshire last weekend. We got the point, even though it was an FAA issue. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Does it, so did it did it take the the flight being affected or did people who flew with no issues also get the points? Do we know? The published policy was people who faced an extreme delay or cancellation. Okay. Um, how they defined that, I don't know. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't found many people that had on time flights over the window. Yeah. yeah. Um, it did take. You know, it's it's interesting how much time it's taking them to sort of dole out points and refunds and compensation. So it's it's a lot to process. Uh, I think the CEO said they're doing tens of thousands re- of refunds every day, which is wow. kind of incredible. Yeah. Um, but it's also hard to tell exactly how many they owe. Hmm. Right. Like we look at some of the numbers, 400 to 425 million in lost revenue. Well, if you say the average ticket's about 300 bucks, that would suggest somewhere north of a million people. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, some of the compensation numbers, like they also are saying in terms of compensation, including the value of the points that they're giving away, another 400-ish million. They're saying the points are worth $300, but maybe they're counting breakage or their internal costs, not the redemption value. Uh, there's situations there that, you know, isn't entirely clear. And, you know, but some people also like are going to have much more expensive compensation, like, you know, replacement flights or hotel rooms for a couple nights or things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm wondering, like, is 25,000 points per passenger fair? I mean, I guess if you're still getting your refund. Yeah, yeah, true, true. I, I fa- another free trip. Yeah, that's true. I found it interesting, like, I I talked to my friends that got, were canceled from Portland to St. Louis. Yeah. And uh, they got the 25,000, there was three of them, they got the 25,000 points per uh, customer, and then... Southwest had told them when they were talking to them because they just called to to ref- okay. refund it. Uh, they had paid with credits and with cash, and Southwest was like, "Well, we'll just give it to you all in cash. Like, we'll just refund it all to the credit card." When I'm like, well, "That seems odd," and sure enough, they gave them credit and cash. 
like basically back to the original form of payment, which I mean, it's in line with policy, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's weird that their agents would be saying, oh, it's going to come back all in cash. Yeah. My, my only concern about that would be, and I had this experience with Spirit of, I bought a ticket before the thing expired. You canceled a flight on me. Giving me back a credit with your terrible expiry policy is not mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. Um, in the end, I bought a ticket that I threw away because I ended up not going to Florida one day. But, um, you know, so fine spirit, you win. But in Southwest's credit policies also, I they don't expire, do they? I don't think so. No. So that makes it a little more reasonable. Um I also had a spirit ticket canceled when I when I thought the Southwest flights were canceled. I bought a spirit ticket and then that canceled too. Um, and they gave me the opportunity of taking a credit instead of a refund with a twenty five dollar bonus. Oh, well, that's what I thought was interesting. Kind of like a a little carrot out there for your yeah to try to keep so they get to keep the cash. But yeah, yeah. Obviously, given like I guess it's ninety day uh, expiry on their credits, that was a definite no go for me. That's their ex- expiry on the credits. That's crazy. 90. Maybe it's 180, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's 98. It's 180. That's crazy. Like one year to me seems like normal. Yeah. Anyway. So 725 to 825 million total and hit, right? For Southwest. The, the current estimate that they released in an SEC filing. That it, that's insane. But, you know, my, my question is this, like, is that expensive enough to actually, if, is that really enough money to, and they've said they're going to accelerate the, you know, the upgrades and whatever, but like, was that expensive enough to really matter for a company? Mm. Mm. And the answer, I mean, it probably is, or at least it should be, but you think about like, in the good times, they were making a few billion dollars a year. Was it really enough to matter? I don't know. Like the, how bad the, the stock didn't tank. It's down obviously, but it's not like destroyed. But even ten to twenty percent on a couple billion dollars is a lot of like that's enough. Yeah, right. Especially in the airline industry, where like there are times when you're just making by a single percentage point. Yeah. How do they? I mean, do you think that they now go out and actually spend the money to upgrade the systems? And they 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 always said they were gonna. It was just a matter of timing it. Now they've said they're going to accelerate that process, but it is a multi year process right crew scheduling systems we talked a little you know about sort of how complex they are and whatever i think last week but it's not something that you can just like off the shelf drop one in and everything works perfectly instantly yeah so and these things tend to need to get generally very customized for each individual airline so yeah there's a lot of effort that has to happen and like make sure it complies with the work rules and all that other fun stuff and like you know Last thing you want is to start publishing schedules that instantly violate uh, rules. Yeah, that would be bad. Very bad. Um, Delta is moving towards uh, free Wi-Fi, but there's some caveats. Yeah, this is not too much of a surprise. We sort of knew this was coming. Um, They've been saying it for four or five years now. Yeah. Um, uh, Ed Bastian was on stage at CES doing his keynote interview. And used it to announce that as of February 1st, Wi-Fi will be free on board. Yep. Only on the Viasat planes. So A320s, 737s. And 757s. The whole domestic fleet's supposed to be finished by the end of this year, I think. Um, or the, all the mainline stuff, uh, except the 717s. Long haul. They haven't actually announced that they're converting long haul to Viasat. It's hard to tell if this was that announcement somehow or not. Mm. Um, 
regional jets are also still on, and the 717s are still on ATG, the air-to-ground system, which is yep. the old GoGo cellular network. Uh, definitely not going to be supported on that network because there's not enough capacity. And there has been an RFP out for over a year now, um, actually for all the airlines, American, Delta, United, and Air Canada, everybody using ATG, and maybe Alaska too. Uh, the GoGo ATG system all have RFPs out trying to figure out what they're going to do to upgrade their regional jets for the sort of next cycle. Hmm. And best I've been able to uh, gather from anybody I've talked to is that uh, Intelsat, the one company that can sell the GoGo ATG, doesn't want to sell it anymore, hmm. even though they have exclusive access to it, uh, theoretically pre- preferential pricing. So they they don't want to be selling it. They don't want to be putting it on new planes and they're trying to convert people to satellite. Uh, there's a bunch of other satellite solutions out there for smaller planes, right? We saw SpaceX went live on JSX, yep. the Starlink system. So there's, there's these other options that work well on smaller planes. So more likely to be a satellite solution. But when that happens, maybe those go free too. But Bastion's comments were, you know, it's funny. It's like, there's no fine print. It's just going to work. And then the fine print is like, except on these planes. They're like, yeah, cool. Um, also, you have to log in with a Sky Miles account. Ah, so you get more people to sign up. Yeah. And monetize, monetize that data. Yeah. 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 So, but, yeah, but, 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 theoretically, it can be tied to your account when you're on board, but we'll see. I'm more thrown off that Bastion was given the his keynote interview at CES. He did it. They did it in 2020 also. Okay. Um, like, you know, an hour and a half before the world shut down <laughs> um, and announced all sorts of cool stuff that De- Delta is trying to make itself or trying to market itself as a very sort of customer forward, tech forward, modern airline, despite the fact that all its systems are ancient. And they're still flying 717s. Yeah. <laughs> and they have one of the shittiest apps out there. Yes. Well, I mean, when you do, when it's just a web view. Which then implies that the web suck, website sucks too. Which well, where, there we go. Yep, exactly, exactly. Can we can we th- just take a brief stop real quick? The new Alaska website oh. is probably the worst travel searching tool I have ever used in my entire life. It is it's awful. All the airlines are devolving into this useless uh, design. Like even the United with that last iteration is just horrendously awful. I don't know what's I don't know what's driving it. Like I is it a is it a desire to make it like as terrible as possible so people don't buy tickets on you? I don't I don't get it. I think it has to do with some UI design came out that everyone's running to. No, uh, yeah, it's this weird, really bulky, clunky. Uh, I don't know. The the old Alaska ter- search was great for what it was. Like it was just simple, and you knew what to look for, and. I thought I was going to get used to this new one, and I just I can't. It's it's bad. So I just still use the the app, which isn't great either. But anyway, what, what's the? Uh, I mean, is it the sort of display of the different types of cabin, like main versus first, and whatever that grid? Is that the one you don't like? That's well, that's all changed. So if you go to their website now, yeah, no longer the, it's no longer like a real grid. It's this weird, I don't know, Foz, how do you, how would you describe it? It's a weird, like, hybrid grid. It's like a table within a grid. Um, maybe I'm not getting it yet. I don't know. Maybe, let's see if you're... It, it's still it's still an A-B testing, so I don't always get it. Yeah, we'll see that. Okay. Yeah, but when you do get it, you'll know, because you'll be like, what? Yeah, so I'm looking at it, it's like, this looks the same. 
Yeah, the, no, the, I, and I see, I just loaded it again, and I got the the old one, and it's great. Like, it works. Uh, but the new one is not this. So. Okay. Cool. Um, Emirates A380 Retrofit. First one's out. Yeah? Yay. 120 more to go. What are the odds of getting this one, then, I guess? I mean, how many routes do they fly the A380 on? Well, they fly the A380 on a bunch of routes. Uh, this one is... And the other early retrofits as well as the new delivered. So this is one of the few places that has premium economy on it. Yep. So it's limited in the routes it goes to. And I think it's Sydney and London right now. And then New York and a couple others are being added uh, by March as a couple more planes come out. They're eventually planning to get to uh, double day, uh, two conversion lines going at an eight day cycle. But this one took a while. Huh. Uh, longer than I even longer than I expected. Uh, it went into. I'm trying to find the email now about when it went in. It went in for retrofit in like late oct. Yeah, in on November first. Wow. So obviously they're not all going to take that long, um, but it's a it's supposed to be a 16 day process, and it only you know it says the e- the press release they put out for the first conversion was. For the next 16 days, around the clock, teams of engineers and technicians will take apart the entire cabin and put it all back together. Hmm. That it only entered service this past week, which is, you know, eight weeks later. Uh, it's unclear if that was actually on time or not. Like but, they, that, was that the plan? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Um, and they still aren't up to it's the bill release still says as the program progresses, engineers will work on two aircraft simultaneously. So they're not quite there yet. Well, um, but what are, does this have the routes listed somewhere? It had it. Um, I, I wonder if they're actually going to sell the Like since it's taking, it seems a while. Are they actually going to sell the premium economy? Because it doesn't seem like they can guarantee it. So they're selling it on Heathrow because they have enough to guarantee that. Okay. Um, with one plane. No, well, no, so they had three or four others that were delivered. Oh, okay, okay. The last three, I think, were delivered with it, and so they can sort of guarantee it. Okay, gotcha. Okay, misunderstood. Yeah, this, and that's the other thing they say. The next plane, they give the tail number for it and say work is expected to be completed by the end of this month. So again, much more than 16 days. Yep. Well, I don't know. I'm sure they will get the process down and get it running smooth. Typically, you know, these types of programs do ramp up speed-wise, but I just don't know if this is what they expected or not. In terms of we're getting it there, uh, tell me about the uh, Emirates and United coach here. Everywhere you want to go, buddy. Um, there's a lot. Uh, three hundred ish destinations, huh? And it's it's still weird to me. It's only Chicago, Houston, and San Francisco on the U.S. side, mm-hmm. uh, but Mexico, the Caribbean, Canada are all covered. So. That's kind of interesting. Uh, on the US, on the other side, you know, the Emirates going Emirates medal with United Code on it. It's uh, I'm trying to remember the full list. It's here we go. It's uh, eight destinations in India, but Delhi isn't one of them. <laughs> right, everything from Calcutta, Hyderabad, Bengaluru, uh, Chennai, Kochi. Wow, TRV at the southern tip, which I can't pronounce because it's got like 18 syllables in it. Mumbai, Ahmedabad, uh, Calcutta are all in there, but not Delhi for some reason. Does that have to do with the star, do you think? I don't know. Um, I would have assumed, well, maybe, I guess. 
But yeah. doesn't Lufthansa also fly to Mumbai and Hyderabad or Bangalore? Uh, yeah, they fly to Bangalore for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but a bunch in uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Luanda, Dar es Salaam, Nairobi, and Tebi, Addis Ababa, huh. an interesting Mauritius and the Seychelles, Malé, Sri Lanka. It's it's ones you'd expect: Karachi, um, Bahrain. Yeah. So places you'd sort of expect United would need lift into, um, and where I bet they can have reasonable connections. India being the biggest one is also not a surprise, but it's an interesting overall collection. Yeah. So they're not including LA or Houston? Uh, Houston, Houston, yes, but not uh, LA. LA. It's Houston, O'Hare, and San Francisco to start. I wonder why. And no Dulles. Yeah. Or Denver. I'm surprised by Denver. Well, there is no Dubai, Denver. Well, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Seattle would be the other one, right? Seattle and Dallas. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, anyway, a lot of route. Uh, the application just went in. One of our listeners was asking me if it was going to be approved by March so he could book some flights. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, I would say it could be approved that quickly. I doubt anyone's going to object at this point. And typically, stuff like this gets approved. So, uh, so we'll see. But then they got to implement it. And I don't know how long that's going to take. So we've seen United get cozier and cozier with Emirates. And we see... Eric Cannon getting closer and closer with Emirates. So is this a precursor to them joining Star? I can't yes. imagine. Let's not let's not let's not uh, make giant leaps here, Fuzz. Why not? I, I just I don't I don't think Emirates could I don't I don't think they want to do that really. I think they're happy with the coach here. Yeah. I th- I think they they're kinda of happy like Alaska was before One World. Uh and then and Alaska and, actually changed. So what, that's you know. true. Yeah. But so will we see more star partnerships than leave it? Let's go there. I can see that. Like a, a, I mean, maybe Lufthansa. Maybe this is the way that Emirates gets more into Germany, right? Like not not by like flying more flights, but like code sharing with Lufthansa. Maybe, right? It gives them more access to a lot of stuff in Europe. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. What I'd say is, I think big enough airlines typically don't at this point need an alliance. If in many cases, and it's an expensive proposition to join. Yep, and. You know, Emirates is still running on its own homegrown, uh, op, you know, passenger support system, PSS platform. So integrating that, and they have the ability to integrate it into third-party stuff. Obviously, they do it a lot, but integrating it fully into an alliance might be an interesting challenge. So, I did forget to ask one important thing. Is, uh, Bat- is Baton Rouge included? <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a very important question. Hang on, let me pull it off. Not from O'Hare. It's a bus from Houston now, isn't it? Not nah, from San Francisco. I hope it's not a bus. That's a, a, a ten. I think we got it from Houston, though. BTR. There we oh. go. Very nice. Yeah, the map is a blurry mess, but I think I see BTR in there. Yeah, it's not a bus. What was it? It was a bus. Uh, Lake Charles? Lake Charles, yes. Yeah. Good times. And Beaumont. Beaumont. BP, BPT. Yeah. Um. Lake Charles is actually showing us a code share. So if there's a bus code share on Emirates, that'd be pretty fun. EK9999. Um, emotional support BOA. What the heck? Hey, listen, sometimes you just need to have your snake with you. Uh, that sounds bad. Anyway, uh, what, what, someone at Tampa tried to take this on a plane? Yeah, TSA spotted it in a carry on bag. Ay, vey. 
She said she claimed it was her emotional support pet. And TSA notified the airline, which ruled there was not going to be a snake on their plane. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. A kind of weird how, um, how, how, what happens. Like how many people try to bring pets or animals on planes that shouldn't be? Just, and have, well, just that snakes have happened more than once. Snakes <laughs> on the plane? Yeah. It's true. It's true. Um, there was an interesting question posed uh, on Twitter. I can't, I, I got to find the, who posed it, but um, one of those, the question was basically, you know, has United grew, grown from Houston uh, since the merger? And specifically about new routes and things. And I think the ones that came to mind for me uh, from after the merger were Munich came after the merger, Sydney. And then there, I think there was a Lagos flight at one point from Houston. No, that was pretty, that was a continental flight, right? But was there was, yeah, but Santiago, I think came after the merger, right? Did it? I don't think continental flew Santiago. I thought that's, uh, Oh, maybe they did. That's when they did. It was Warner's the- wedding weekend. Whatever that was, was the inaugural. Wording, sweating. Well, <laughs> uh, I was trying to think. To wedding and then went to Santiago from the wedding. It's got. It's got. It had to have been. Wait, which wedding? The one in San Antonio. The current one, San Antonio. Okay, so that had to have been. All of our listeners are like, "What the hell are they talking about?" <laughs> that had to have been after the merger, though, because that was yeah, twenty. That was twenty fourteen. Yeah, Santiago was not flying in June twenty two thousand nine, which was the pre merger uh, market. I'm using. Um, there are definitely. So 2009, June 2009 to June 2019, it's hard to tell for 2023 yet. I guess I could add that now. Uh, ASMs did not change. Almost exactly the same. Um, the number of flights dropped over the 10 years by about uh, 20%. Mm. 25%, 19,720 to 15,180. Wow. And ASMs went down... Uh, down uh no essentially no down. flights went down and seats went down um total destinations it's a little hard to tell but there definitely were some new things added um but also some dropped uh i don't even recognize a lot of these uh so maybe it's okay that they were dropped um they started dropping a lot of some of the random destinations in mexico yes um yeah mazatlan toluca um vct is that Victoria, that's Texas. Mustaches, close enough. VSA, is that Valparaiso? Valparaiso, yeah. Um, ZLO is uh, Zuatanejo, I think. No, it's ZIH. ZLO is one of the dirt strips oh, uh, okay. in Mexico, though. Um, Asheville's gone. Uh, Caracas disappeared. Paris disappeared. I guess losing Paris would be noticeable. But wait, did they fly Houston, Paris? Yes. Yeah, it, that was the old continental route, right? So but that was also everything. that was also when they were really part of Sky Team. Okay, okay. I because I thought that I, I remember they had Paris service and then it dropped, but I couldn't remember when it dropped. Yeah, it dropped pulled out of they pulled out of Love Field too. Yep. Yeah. Um, there are some other ones that got added. I mean, Boise didn't exist. Hartford didn't exist. Foz mentioned Sydney already. Um, the Frankfurt flight. Was added? No, they, they've always had Frankfurt. No, not in June 2009, they didn't. They did not. What? They have not always had Frankfurt. What? They used to be no. Lon- Yeah, London, Amsterdam, and Paris. Not when it was in Continental. Not when they were in Sky Team. Really? Yeah. I swear Steve, our friend Steve, and myself flew Houston-Frankfurt during Continental Days. 
Not on Continental, you didn't. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Munich got added also. So yeah, I mean, whoever raised this question is is not wrong. The total ASMs are roughly the same. There's been some ads, but also some drops. Uh, not a ton has changed in that context. I mean, I could try to give you a 2023 numbers and see what the cards, uh, what the future holds. So, so Faz, let's go back to Lagos. So they flew Lagos win, like before Con- the merger. Yeah, Continental yeah. was flying it on triple seven for a long time. So that was supposed to be the original seven eight seven round, but the seven eight seven delays. They had to put the triple. They delayed it a year and then put triple sevens on it because they had to get it. In, they wanted it in service. And then they ended up moving that to Dulles on a smaller plane and then dropped it all together, I believe. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Um, June 2023 is actually going to be another 6% drop in ASMs. So, and from 2020, from 2019. And yeah, geez. And a 20% drop in departures. He's going to shrunk big. But how much of that is related to the regional jet shrinkage? Sure. Yeah, I, I'm like, but. It's a valid yeah. question. I mean, I will say they have definitely reduced the number of frequencies to a lot of the West Coast destinations, like San Diego's. They used to have six flights a day. I think they're down to three or four. But that's presumably that they're running more people through Denver, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And June to June, it'll be the same 2019 to 2023 for San Diego, still five day late. But yeah. Um, I've just thought that's an easy one to find on the list here. Seattle actually increased. Uh, who else got what got smaller? I think the ones that got smaller have just completely disappeared. Is what it looks like. It, it raises a question: like, what's United's intentions, right, with it, with Houston? Because it doesn't feel like, like half the time when I look for flights going anywhere, uh, specifically like Europe or even South America, Latin America, like maybe it routes me through Houston. Um, but for Latin, Amer- Latin America should, I would expect Europe less so. I mean, for you, obviously, it depends on. The timing sites and whatever, but like I would, and if Denver or Chicago makes more sense, if they've got decent connections that way, but I would expect Houston to remain the Latin America gateway. Yeah. Is there, is, is that the future though? It's like, it's just going to be where people go to get to Latin America and that's it. I I don't think that's true, right? I think it's, if you're in the Southern part of the country, you're going to find more connection there, right? With the, even with loose routing rules, with the way they display flights now, they can be more granular of what you see from a connection preference. Hmm. Yeah. So they can say, like, you know, even though a routing rule might allow you to do PBX Houston Newark from uh, from the way they display the flights in the app or the website, they might only show you Chicago or Denver. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you might you might you just need to find a creative booking engine to be able to see the connection through Houston, but the routing rules generally don't prohibit it. Yeah. Well, and, and it makes sense, right? Why fly someone? For most people, do not want to fly to Houston to go to, across the country, back up to the northeast. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That part makes sense for sure. And especially now that mileage, you know, you don't get credit for miles flown. It doesn't matter. Yep, yep. That's not true. You still get credit for a million lifeline. You're right. But button, button, button seat. So Vaz, Vaz will gladly take the connection in Houston. Is what I'm saying about that. But you know, I will say, having been to Houston more recently, like the airport's recently full. Yeah. It's not like there's empty gates sitting at any time, right? They're still developing the Northern Sea concourse. So that'll be open. Maybe we might see a shift when that opens um, to, for more flights to come in. Yeah. Yep. Maybe. I mean, and they're also getting the new international concourse. Right. I, I think what happened is United probably got rid of a bank at some point. Yeah. And that's why we see a reduction. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, what else we got here? 
We have a question was, from. Well, I was actually going to correct you on an earlier topic. Lake Charles actually gets an airplane, not a bus. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. They switch it back. Nice. It's it's Beaumont for sure that gets a bus. Yeah. Beaumont doesn't even show up on the flight status, so I don't even think they get anything now. Oh, really? This is they're like, eh, we don't deserve Beaumont. Just drive Houston East. Uh, yeah. Um, we had a listener question. They have a Etihad Travel Bank credit of uh, thirty two hundred dollars set to expire in about two weeks. Uh, it must be the booking must be made prior to the expiration date, and the, but the flights could be any time. Uh, they live in San Diego, and they're planning to travel through to Abu Dhabi. Um, and so they're they're looking at like what would the change fees be if they made this booking, uh, and what kind of change options would they have? Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head, but Seth, maybe you do. Um, I also don't know exactly what the change fees are going to be. Um, I would imagine it's a couple hundred bucks, uh, yeah. typically. Um, you know, depending on the route and the fare type, of course. Um, I think overall, though, the main key is in sort of understanding how to do it is checking what the fee is to make sure and just making recognize that if you do a refund, you're almost certainly going to lose the credit. Mm, yeah. I, but so does Ethion let you change an existing reservation? Yes. Depending on the fare. And so there may be uh, some that don't allow uh, changes at all. So I'd find a cheap ticket that uses the credit for on a refundable leg and then go change that later because there'd be no change for a refundable. They won't refund it to the original form of payment. They will only, they won't refund it, period. But the the change fees are not in those fare rules, so you won't be restricted by them. So you're saying if you can find a thirty two hundred, assuming it's a single ticket, thirty two hundred dollars. If it's two, find a sixteen hundred dollar refundable ticket. Yep. Book that with the credit, and then that basically stores the value in another new voucher. Exactly. And it, 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 the value moves from a voucher to a ticket. Then you have a year or whatever Ethion's rules are. Hmm. Using a new ticket. I, I like I like, the, I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> I may or may not have done this before. <laughs> Just once or twice. Uh, just once or twice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with thirty two hundred dollars, you could get probably find a decent business class fare. I would think. Yeah, I don't know if it's one passenger or two or. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But stuff. Even at sixteen hundred, depending on where you are, you could probably find a decent business class fare coming into Southeast Asia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the other question: is could you like book a refundable? I don't know, Saigon to somewhere via Abu Dhabi, and then change it to LA to. Malay at some point down the line and pay the difference if there's necessary. One thing I would just check before I make that change is make sure that there aren't any departure restrictions from a ticket, right? So like AA, once you issue a ticket, your changes still have to originate in the same country. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like AA is really weird and archaic in that way, but like if you buy a ticket coming out of, uh, say, the Netherlands, then when you change it, that ticket still needs to come out of the Netherlands. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Looking at the Etihad website, it says that changes within 96 hours of a flight may incur a 10% additional fee. 10%? Wow. So it's $200 fee if it becomes 220 Is it on the fee or on the ticket price, I guess? Just on the fee. Okay. Okay. That's not awful, I guess, but yeah, not great. Huh. Yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah, they st- they also have, you know, the quote, most restrictive fare rules will apply. So to your point about booking something refundable flaws, just make sure the whole thing is, I guess. Yep. 
even though you won't get an actual refund just to make sure you get the flexibility of it. Right. You're just moving the value of the ticket from one for one currency to another. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I, I was looking, so I was just looking at Houston real quick. Uh, I, I didn't, I have, it's been so long since I've been through there. I forgot about the new B South. Well, I guess it's not new anymore. The new like regional terminal that's like down there. I completely forgot about it. Anyway, it's been so, there for so long. I know, but that's how, that's how long it's been since I flown through Houston. You're not missing it. Is that the one that was the banjos? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. South banjos are gone. Yeah. They used to be banjos, but they're now, it's now like a real terminal. It's, that's where the, that's where the Whataburger is, I think. And yeah, it's, yeah. So Fair. anyway, we're not going anytime soon. So, yeah. Well, anyway, to our listener uh, on Itihad, please uh, let us know if that helps at all. Um, Hawaiian adds two 787s. Yeah, they're going to get 12 now. Wow. Um, but also delayed delivery a year. <laughs> it's mostly based on Boeing not being able to deliver them. They were supposed to have taken their first one late last year. They now expected the first one to be delivered in Q4 of 2023. Q4. Okay. Three more in 2024, and then the remaining eight through 2027. So it's, it is, a, in some ways, a surprisingly slow migration from the A330 to the 787. Yeah. But I guess also for cap, capital expense and pilot conversion training and whatnot, it makes some sense. Hmm. You can't you can't go too fast, or you sort of break yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I mean, it's good news for Hawaiian to actually get more long haul planes because I think I think they're starting you know to realize that the A three thirties are getting longer in the tooth than they originally thought. Yeah, they've they've been having a lot of maintenance issues. Um, so it's good to see that. It just sucks that it's going to take them that long to get those planes. So I wouldn't have probably got the other two at a steep discount for the delays. That's true. That's true. Um, so this just, I, this came through on Twitter just a minute ago, but, uh, apparently the Mexican government is going to buy Mexicana. Wait, they're finally going to come back. I, 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 that's Marty St. George, uh, posted this on Twitter and, uh, I don't speak fluent Spanish, but, uh, yeah, the Mexican government is spending a bunch of money to buy the, the bulk of Mexicana. Did they, uh, finally, uh, take the website down? For years after they went defunct, the website was still there saying they're coming back any day. I don't, I don't think so. Let's see. Mexicana. See if it's still there. Yep. So Mexico inks a deal to buy the airline brand for $42 million. That's nuts. But, so I can see this going a couple ways, right? Remember they've got their 787 that they bought for the, you know, Air Force One? Yeah. Um, that... The new president said he would never fly on and stop the conversion after it was like 95% done. Um, sort of like the new, Mex- new Mexico City airport that he stopped and spent billions to cancel, even though it was mostly done. Um, but he had talked at some point about sort of restarting a government run airline. Uh, they've also are trying to open up uh, cabotage. Yeah. Right. Well, foreign airlines to be able to fly domestically uh, in Mexico, which apparently he, they, they, we talked about that a while ago. They did the, they did sign that rule, so that's apparently a thing now. Um, not sure when it's supposed to take effect, but it's moving forward. That that's sort of a reason I can maybe argue to have it. Like you need a brand to run it under. Yeah. Um, what's well, unclear, like, and I think Marty actually raises this good point of like, it's well, he didn't even mention it. Like, are they going to give that money to the union, all the union employees that were laid, laid off? off? Yeah. 
and arguably they should, right? That's there, but certainly more than the other debtors at this point. But I don't know. It's just it's just crazy news. I, I, yeah, yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Anyway, um, tell me about Tesla's non-trademark application for non-land vehicles. This oh, this was me. stupid. They uh, someone noticed that there was a trademark application put in for Tesla ships and planes. What? And was convinced that Tesla was like doing this stuff. And then someone went and actually found the application and it was like some rando put in the application to like claim they were just protecting the names and they were going to give it to Tesla if Tesla wanted it. But the world started writing stories about how Tesla was getting into ships and planes. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Are we sure this wasn't like a plant by Musk? To drum up Twitter traffic? Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Or try to help buoy this Tesla stock price that's down. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? Or is that it? That's all I got. No. We got a, we got a lot in the bonus show, so we should probably just jump over to that uh, for our Patreon subscribers. But uh, if you're not a Patreon subscriber yet, you can become one and listen to those bonus topics. We're going to talk about a little bit about Air Canada, uh, Lufthansa's A340 600s coming back, kids in first class, and uh, China. So, uh, yeah, if you're not a subscriber uh, through Patreon, we'd love for you to be. If if not, we still enjoy you listening to the show and hope you send us questions like uh, our previous listener did. So until next time, happy travels. Bye-bye. Take care. Catch you later.